Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of June 9, 2014. This is episode 234, and as we will learn soon, could be our last ever, <laughs> if one of the stories we have is true. Uh, this is Chris Bevelo. I'm president of Interval, or the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. With me today is... Uh, Adam Meyer, principal at Interval. And we have a special guest, Nicole Yay. Borchard. Am I pronouncing that right? I should have asked you before we recorded. Yeah, I probably should have told you. It is Borchard. <laughs> I don't mind so much, but my husband gets a little antsy about that. It's Borchard. Borchard. Okay. And you're from, why, you know what, you tell us where you're from. Tell us your, like, where you're from and your title. I just completely twisted things around from how I told you I was going to do it. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm from Chalk Children's uh, in Orange County, California, and I am the director of interactive media. I've been there for about 12 years now. Okay, and we met at the, uh, I always call it the Forum Conference. I don't know what the official name is. It's a really long healthcare strategies and physicians something summit Summits. in Orlando. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So we met there. I think that's the first time we've met, correct? It is. Uh-huh. Okay. And I will read some of the things that you told us about yourself in the bio because I think some of these are cool. Uh, you're an e-business professional with over 20 years of experience, 12 of which is in healthcare, uh, our sympathies to you on that. Focus <laughs> on interactive media, content marketing, and strategic application of social networks. Interested in leveraging social platforms to solve business problems. Embraces a digital first philosophy. Yay. Thinks metrics are cool. Yay. Wants to ship, quote unquote. I like that. Um, and your mantra is more strategy, less code. That sounds yeah. like it comes from a painful experience. Well, no, it's just uh, I'm kind of a coder, and uh, I do a lot of stuff myself, and as time goes by, you start to think to yourself, I need to be spending less time in the weeds and, and more time you know, looking at the big picture, which I do have a balance, but some days are better than others. So <laughs> when you spend lots of days in the weeds, you're starting to think, hmm, I need to uh, have a mantra to help me uh, raise myself out above this whole thing. But uh, it's good to know both. So I have a, a real appreciation for code. I do think code is poetry. It's really fantastic. But, you know, there's a point where I need to pass it off to a more talented coder and, <laughs> and worry a little more about the strategy. Sure. Well, that makes sense. Now, you and Adam are going to start geeking out on me, are you? Yeah, I, I can get pretty geek, so I'll try to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> we should probably get this out of the way right away. Are you a Game of Thrones fan? Uh, you know, that's funny. So, uh, and because I do follow your podcast, I actually mentioned to Jackie when she first sent me an email saying, uh, oh God, I haven't watched it or, or <laughs> read any of the books. I'm going to have to purge, binge, <laughs> binge purge, watch the whole thing. Um, I haven't actually, I tried, honestly, uh, I started reading the books and, um, didn't get through the first one and I actually started watching the episodes and didn't get through the first one. And I think it's because they shoved that kid out the window. And uh, isn't that what happened? The spoiler very first alert! Episode? Spoiler alert! Yeah, sorry. Well, <laughs> you know, I didn't say who the kid was because I can't even remember who he was. But I, Brand, you know, yep. I'm a mom and I have little kids, and I just had a huge problem with that. And I was like, oh, I can't take it. So I, uh, I tend to uh, keep things towards the lighter side in my uh, entertainment oh, these days, and uh, it was just a little too heavy for me. So maybe in, you know, at some point where. Uh, I, I don't worry about those things anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'll be able to watch it. But. There's probably nothing less on the light side than uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because <laughs> I was just uh, I listened to two podcasts that are, and we're going to talk about podcasts here in a second. But I listened to two that are Game of Thrones focused, 
And one of them was just making the point that, you know, it just dawned on them after four seasons that nobody laughs in this. There's no laughter at all in this show. And the reason they say it is because one of the characters laughs in kind of a maniacal way. And it's, it's a kind of a key part of the, of this episode, but they go, gosh, you know, that's, it doesn't happen very often. Maybe that's why we find it so appealing when it does happen once a year. <laughs> it's not a very gosh. light show. No, that's heavy. Well, and, and breaking bad too, which is funny. My, my uh, husband watched religiously, and I probably saw one of those episodes and just couldn't. I'm sure many people died, or <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I was like, oh, I got I to go do something else. Uh, very heavy stuff. Yeah, that's, especially the last season or two is very dark. It, there was always humor in Breaking Bad initially, but it got darker and darker, and then the lights went out. Yeah. No, all right. I'm uh, I'm all about puppy dogs and sunshine these days. So. <laughs> okay, well, we'll remember that as we go through this podcast. Yeah, okay. Uh, just a couple of updates before we get into our uh, topics. We've got some good ones today. Uh, speaking, I am. Uh, I won't use the words that Jackie uses, but I am speaking quite a bit coming up. Uh, we'll be at the Florida Hospital Association Communications Conference on July 24, doing my Joe Public bits going to be at the Texas Hospital Association's Healthcare Strategic Communication Summit. There's another summit. Uh, that's August 8th, talking about content marketing. The Whippermiss Annual Conference quiz. Do you guys know what Whippermiss stands for? Western. No. <laughs> I have no idea. PR and marketing. Yes. It could be the White House Public Relations and Marketing Society, but it's not. <laughs> It's the, it's the Wisconsin Healthcare Public Relations and Marketing Society uh, doing a workshop with old friend Chris Boyer uh, on uh, digital marketing makeover. That's September 24th. And then at a Haney's Communication Conference, that's the Healthcare Association of New York. <clears throat> and that's October 8th. So lots of stuff happening. And don't forget, we've got the Joe Public Retreat Nicole, I think you should come to the Joe Public Retreat. It's all about content marketing. That's one of your things. That's here in beautiful St. Paul, which it will be beautiful in September, September 16th through the 18th. That is a uh, one to two day, depending on how much content marketing you want to dive into, uh, retreats. And they're a blast. We've done a few of these now. Uh, and so go to JoePublicRetreat.com and learn how to go vertical with content marketing. Yeah, I missed the one in uh, Arizona that you had, which would have been close to me. So, let's wait till you come back to Arizona. Yes, come well, back, I don't know. Come back to Arizona. Come, we'll come somewhere. You come out to St. Paul. It's beautiful here this time of year. <laughs> well, you guys are always complaining about how cold it is. Yeah, not September. <laughs> That's the perfect time of year. That's like my time of year right there. Yeah, September is. Yep. Is. You guys have like a whole three months worth of really pleasant uh, weather. Yep. I have about no it. idea. <laughs> that's about it. No, that that's about, about it. it. There's about a month and a half in springish. Then it can get ridiculously hot for a while, and then there's like a nice month and a half right around fall, and then it's a winter, winter hell. Right. Uh, I won't tell you about my weather. <laughs> well, we should no, probably no. just go to California. So, I mean, if we're going to there Arizona, we might as well go. All, we might as well just go a little further and go to California for one of those. Well, I mean, we Come will on. be coming. We'll be coming your way. Um, we'll be in San Diego. It's pretty close. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's October. super close to me. For the Shishmed Conference. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Ah. All right. We'll may hook up. Okay. So let's 
start talking and we may skip there's one there's one uh, agenda item here that we may skip because it's super deep uh, we'll just see when we get to it there's, there's a fun one that I think we want to get to for sure but let's start with the main one uh, and Nicole this is a prompt from you because you have some interest in podcasting so yeah. tell us where you're at with that and, and you know maybe you can interview us on podcasting not that we're experts on it but since we do have 234 episodes under our belt uh, and we will talk about uh, what I kind of alluded to at the top of the show, which is there's some news about whether anybody will be able to podcast without paying significant royalties. Uh, but let's, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. So start with your situation. What, what do you like about podcasting? What are you thinking about? Where are you guys at with your organization with podcasting? Yeah, sure. So we are, uh, I would call us baby podcasters. I, I have probably 20 episodes uh, that we have, have produced. And um, so I'm right at the beginning of this process, and it's actually been really terrific. And so far, the medium um, has been really great and has been really great for our physicians. So essentially, our podcast, which we call Chalk Radio, uh, is uh, something we do in a studio. We have an in-house studio in the hospital uh, on the second floor, uh, which was actually started by Ryan Seacrest uh, and the um, Ryan Seacrest Foundation. So it's called Seacrest Studios. Uh, he's opened a few of these in children's hospitals uh, around the country. We actually have had a relationship with him. He's a local DJ to us, to the LA area. Um, and he came and broadcast at our hospital oh back in 2009 I think might have been the first time that he actually came out and did a did a remote broadcast from the hospital um and we've had a relationship with him ever since um pretty much at least an annual thing uh sometimes more often than that they'll come and they'll actually do their whole radio show from our studio so it's a state-of-the-art studio it was put together um by his foundation and um so we utilize that for uh, kids programming, uh, so it gets broadcast to the floors, uh, so kids who can come down, come to the studio, and get to interact with the guests that come in. Uh, otherwise, it's broadcast to the floors to the kids' camp. They can call in and, you know, request music or ask questions. Um, we have a steady stream of celebrities who come in um, to uh, to visit the kids. And so it's a really fantastic program, uh, a totally, I think, under, under-marketed program, just because I think it's really terrific. Um, but um, apart from that, we are able to use that studio space to uh, create our uh, audio podcast. So we started doing this, uh, I think just we've only been doing it for about a year. So we have our physicians come in and we interview them on a variety of uh, healthcare topics that uh, would be of interest to parents or in some cases, you know, real a narrow, you know, diagnosis, that sort of thing. So we're certainly not the first and only people doing this, uh, not in children's hospitals, but uh, it's, it's, it's been a really great medium. The physicians love to be able to just drop in. It's there. They sit down and, you know, 30 minutes later, they're, they're out the door and we have some really great uh, media content as a result. So um, everybody seems to like it. We like the format and, you know, we're experimenting with things and, and trying to figure stuff out still. So, uh, you know, you guys are way, way ahead of us as far as, you know, actual implementation and all of that stuff. So I'm just interested in the medium in general and, and your guys' experience with it. So maybe we can start with what gave you the spark to do a podcast? Adam, you're the spark. You can answer that question. <laughs> well, um, 
Well, I I guess I guess it kind of comes from my just my upbringing. I I literally grew up in a radio station. Um, <clears throat> my father uh, uh, is, is owns and operates one in a small town in uh, western Minnesota, and was an engineer and broadcaster at a number of other radio stations before that. Um, so, you know, as, as a small businessman, he spent pretty much all of his time there. And as a, uh, little kid who respected his father, I always wanted to be with him. So I spent all of my time at, at a radio station as well. So worked for him a little bit when I was, uh, in my early teens and, uh, through high school and then worked at a couple other radio stations throughout, uh, with my college, uh, career. And then, um, it just felt like a natural thing to do, I guess. Once, once uh, I introduced the idea to Chris uh, back when, um, man, how long ago was that? Now five, six years, seven years, seven years ago. Or yeah, uh, yeah, seven yeah, or eight. Back when the agency, before we were Interval, it was Geiger Bevelo at the time, and um, so the first few uh, episodes of the show were back then. I think we called it Healthcare Marketing Insights. Healthcare Marketing Insights <laughs> at the time. <laughs> Um, and I think we quickly realized, I don't know how quickly, relatively speaking, that uh, we needed something that was a little more uh, reflective of who we are and a little more lighthearted and fun and um, had a good recommendation from a, from, a, from a colleague to change it to what it is now. Um, but yeah, you know, it just, it felt for me, it was a natural medium to, to do stuff with and have fun with audio. Um, you know, I'm a musician too, so I like to record uh, music, but it just, it, it, it felt weird to not do something that was audio related. And, you know, podcasting was, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily just starting at the time, but I think it was, you know, iTunes was becoming mainstream. Podcasting was picking up in popularity at the time. Um, so it seemed like something that was worth exploring and we've had a lot of fun with it. It's kind of kept us on our toes in terms of making sure that we're, um, you know, exploring interesting, relevant topics in the industry to talk about. Uh, and, and it, you know, it gives us yet one another reason during the week to come together and uh, just have some fun. So I guess that that's the that's my backstory. Chris, would you add anything to that? No, I think actually, you know, I've, I've looked at your list of, of podcasts that are on your uh, website, Nicole, and I think, you know, there's, it's interesting to me because I think podcasts can be used two ways. And I think our actual experience with how we started with podcasts and where we're at today, uh, is something that, that, that you could, you could learn from or hospitals could learn from as far as are there other ways to use podcasts? And I think about when we first started out, you know, we, we really focused on these big issues and it was a big, you know, quote, I'm using air quotes, a big deal. The podcast was a big deal. We lined up, you know, expert guests and we talked for an hour and it was on brand and it was very serious and it was, you know, what's the strategy and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so it was more, it was definitely content marketing. Uh, and it was, it, it had value, I think, in that if somebody wanted to understand our take on brand or, uh, you know, how to approach this or that, it was another piece of content we could send them to, like a paper. So in that way, it was like an audio paper. Uh, the challenge with it was that because of it was at that level, uh, we didn't do it very frequently. It was a big onerous thing to do, and I don't know if you have this experience with your podcast or not, um, but it became something that like, we do like every three months or every four months, and so it was a podcast, you know, you could call it a podcast, but it was really just audio content. Right. We, we weren't building a following. There's no way we're building a following with it. And eventually, you know, Adam actually said, look, he listens to podcasts where it's more like a radio show. 
and they get together every week. You just set a time, you pick some topics, and you go. And we're like, oh, let's try. You know, we had no idea whether we could pull that off. And that was that was five years ago, and we've been doing it ever since that way. And I think the strength in that is now we do have a following. Now it really is a podcast because it's regular. We do it almost every week so people can count on it. And I know for the podcast that I listen to, um, I get upset if it's like a day late, you know, these <laughs> Game of Thrones podcasts. I'm like, where is it? I want to hear. Uh, and I listen to, I don't know, I subscribe to probably eight regular podcasts that I listen to. So it's, it's regular. Uh, we have a broad, a broad enough scope that it interests, it can interest a lot of people. Uh, we're not so focused on one thing like brand. Uh, we do have special topics uh, that we tackle, but usually, as you know, as a listener, Nicole, it's more scattered. So in other words, you'd have to listen to a lot to get our breadth of expertise. Uh, but that's also why it's easier to listen to each time. It's not so onerous. Uh, and then the other part of it is it's got personality. So the first ones didn't have any personality at all. Uh, they, they were, they were, they were like, you know, just really formal kind of audio pieces of content. Clearly there's personality now. Our personalities come right through. Uh, it's, it's a means that if you want to get to know us before you hire us, for example, listen to our podcast. You know who we are in about three episodes or probably one. Um, and so, so some of those things I think are what led to, led us to what I would consider success. Meaning everywhere I go, I run into somebody who says, oh, I listen to your podcast. I love it. And so now I'm going to take that back to the hospital setting. So I look at the podcasts that you have, which are fantastic. So you've got a lot of them. You've got a nice variety, uh, lots of different topics. What I think is you're still, and I don't know how often these come out. So how often do your, these podcasts I'm looking at, like uh, psychological, a psychologist discusses pain or minimizing scars, how often does that come out? Yeah, so we actually, we go a little bit in fits and starts, and that's one of the things that we're working on is developing a regular schedule. So we would like, in some at some points, we think, oh, we have enough for a weekly thing. And then, you know, it depends. We have a small team, so if the team gets derailed by something else, then obviously the schedule gets blown. So we know that if we want to actually call ourselves a podcast, we need to have a regular schedule, and we just haven't determined what we can reasonably achieve yet. But you know, there's no shortage of content in right. our environment. So uh, we think that we could do that weekly schedule. Yeah. 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 And I think, so when I look at the podcasts you have now, they, they feel a lot like the ones I originally described. They're very deep. Mm -hmm. They're very thick. They're very singular focused. They're great content. And so if you have a patient or potential patient who, you know, is worried about preterm labor or whatever, boy, send right. a right to the podcast on that. Or, um, you know, low birth weight has been an issue with some of my, you know, my first two kids I'm worried about with my third, I'm going to listen to this podcast you have. So from that sense, it's fantastic content, but I think you could go to a whole nother level where you create, like you want a weekly podcast, you still sprinkle in these more serious topics, but because you're talking about kids health, as you just mm -hmm. noted, there is no limit to the content you could cover. And obviously you've got to be careful. You can't, you can't do like we do where we're, you know, off the cuff spring about this and that. And you're not going to want to do that with psychological issues for kids. You can't um, be the children's hospital bastards. No, probably not. <laughs> but you can, you can have educated discussions on, Hey, there was an article in USA today today about the growth of peanut allergies. And let's look at the statistics and, 
Um, what you're after, I think, is not just a resource, or what's possible, is not just a resource that specific people are turned to for specific issues, but that parents would go, this is awesome. And I'm going to put this in my list of podcasts I listen to every week because it's regular, because they cover all kinds of things that are important to me as a parent in terms of health of my kids, some of which won't apply, but because you're broad enough, there's going to be enough that does. And then you've just got to figure out the personality part. There's got to be, and it doesn't have to be, yeah, it doesn't have to be arrogant bastards, but finding somebody yourself, for example, who clearly even initially on this podcast and from when we met can handle, you know, a a half hour, an hour in a podcast setting and keep it going and knows how to speak and, and can be energized and that kind of thing. Um, We didn't know we had that. Adam may have known because of his background. Uh, I've never done that kind of thing. And I would say we're lucky that Adam and I, and then Jackie too, when she comes in, we can, we've got that, but not everybody has that. So you've got to find that side of it. But I think that there's a whole other level that you could take this podcast to that would be something that parents in your market would bookmark and follow because of those reasons that I just gave and, and more than just a resource, which is fine. If all you can do is do what you're doing now, you're ahead of most hospitals. So kudos for that, and it's a great resource. But I do think you have an opportunity to go to that next level and really be a podcast that might be threatened by a patent troll. That's what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Nice segue. (laughs) So I don't know if that makes sense or if that's inspirational or discouraging, uh, but I do think that there's a lot of similar parallels there. Oh, no, I think that totally makes sense. And sort of the stuff that we, you know, we think about all the time along my, you know, more strategy uh, thought line there is, yeah, how do we string them all together as something that a parent would listen to on a regular basis? So we have a lot of interesting topics, but they don't always apply. So if my kid doesn't have autism or I'm not worried about autism or I don't have a child with cleft palate is, is even a better uh, example, you know, that's a very narrow uh, scope. So if my child doesn't have that particular issue or I'm not worried about that particular issue, the whole episode uh, is is of less use to me. So on the other hand, it's if we approach it as being just an extension of our content and our content marketing, then it's really nice to be able to carve these things off and say, you know, this is our physician expert and all of his podcasts are listed on his profile page and you can learn about this particular topic because you've come in that door. I've come in the cleft palate door, so now I've got this content. So I appreciate that there's two different ways to approach it, but I do agree that it would be really nice to be able to bring them together in in a true podcast format. We want people to subscribe and we want them to get as much as they possibly can out of each episode. So yeah, we still have a little more work to do on that. And, and, um, but I think the format itself is lending itself pretty well to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we actually have a guy who runs the studio, uh, does a lot of the interviews and, um, is, is pretty good. And then we've actually experimented with having, uh, the healthcare providers, you know, interview their colleagues, which I think has actually been another good format. And then the one on autism was terrific because it was actually kids with autism Mm -hmm. talking about their experiences of having autism, which I thought was really interesting and a terrific format. So, you know, we're kind of experimenting with all these things. And I think at some point we're going to find that magic formula uh, and we're just, you know, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The other, the only thing I would add, and then we can get to the patent troll thing is, Uh, you know, the other thing that goes with personality, at least from my perspective, is that there's what we call a raison d'etre 
You know, that there's a reason for being for it. And when we work in content marketing with clients, that's something we think is really important because when you come at content marketing from just a general health standpoint, it's so broad. There's not like an angle for it. There's not a perspective. Uh, and, you know, I think your, your podcast is titled Kids Health, which is obviously the, the world in which you want to, to approach it. But I bet there's ways that you could, you could add some kind of angle or filter that would, that would give it even more of a personality. Like uh, maybe it's focused on, you know, quite parents' questions. And it's, it's, you're always going to, fo- and maybe that just sounds trivial, like, well, that's just another way to come at kids' health. Uh, but something like that is, is another thing you could think about it. Now I'm drawing a complete blank, but, uh, some kind of angle, some kind of perspective. Again, ours is a little bit, we're not really, we don't think we're really arrogant bastards, but the point is we're not holding back with our opinions. We're, you know, and sometimes we even talk about stuff and we're like, we're not sure what the right thing to do is here. It's very transparent, very objective, very honest. Uh, that's kind of our stick. And so I guess that's what I'm talking about is if you can find a shtick. And again, it doesn't have to be funny or crazy or, you know, pushing an envelope in some way, but something that gives it a, a pa- package, I guess. So think about that too. And, and maybe you don't need to go that far, but that's, that's one other thing that you can think about that helps. So hopefully that's all helpful and not just a bunch of hot air, which occasionally happens on this podcast. <laughs> it's all helpful. <laughs> So let's talk about the, um, right before we started recording, Nicole, you sent an article to us, uh, which I had actually come across this story uh, about a, a quote-unquote patent troll, uh, which basically is somebody who either invents something and creates a patent, or it's more likely companies that buy patents, and then they're, they're basically their job is to go out and sue other companies uh, to get payment for um, you know, their use of a patented piece of technology or whatever it is may not be technology as we discussed before the podcast. Uh, There's all kinds of things you can patent. Unfortunately, it's a little out of control, but there is a guy named James Logan, who's a quote unquote patent troll who is suing uh, Adam Carolla, who has one of the most popular podcasts in the world. And he's suing him uh, for patent infringement on a podcast. And this guy claims that he invented whatever it takes to do podcasting, I think, get into technology, and that if he wins, he could go after anybody who does podcasting, who I assume would make money off of it. Uh, so I, I saw this in Time Magazine uh, as well this week. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about this. There's so many different things to, to think about, but uh, patent trolls are not a fun subject. No. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Um, yeah, I heard about this a while ago too. I hadn't read much into it until I'd kind of taken a look at this article. Um, it's, you know, the, the problem is that this is allowed to even happen. You know, obviously I think our, our patent system is, was created for something that I think it probably worked well for, you know, a hundred years ago. Um, not so much today. I mean, especially with technology and, the, and there's there's a problem with patenting an idea. Um, I, th- I really think that you know, and this gets into the solutions. And maybe we're not really, you know, more about talking about the issue. But it seems ab- it seems absurd to me that you can patent an idea without like executing the idea. I mean, I think you need to have something that you've done that is patentable. 
um, versus just coming up with some idea and never actually implementing it and then sitting on it. Because, I mean, hell, you could just, you, could, you know, right. and these people do. You spew, spew out idea after idea, which are, you know, the vast majority of which are absurd. And then all of a sudden you, you know, there's one that kind of crosses the line or is kind of similar to what somebody else has actually gone out and, you know, through blood, sweat and tears created and actually did come up with that idea. Um, but no, it's it's yours because you claim to have had that idea in some fashion before, and since you've, you know, since our absurd system has allowed you to put a patent on it, um, now you get to you know reap the rewards of somebody else's you know labor, and that is it's, uh, it's absurd, and we see that every. I mean, it's it's it happens. It's happening in, in this case with podcasting. It's a huge problem on the technology scene when it comes to. Um, app developers i mean that's been a, it's been a struggle for people i know specifically like in the uh who are ios developers um <clears throat> who cr- create create apps and then somebody comes up uh, comes comes to them and sues them um you know claiming that they they already they've, they've done this they have the idea um and these are you know in many cases small app developers who can't who ha- don't have the money to, to fight these things um the other problem too i think with our patent system in general is that even if a small developer went out and got a patent for an idea that they came up with, um, a patent is, is nothing unless you've got the money to actually back it up, to try to fight it, to hire lawyers, to, to take on you know whoever it is that has, has recreated whatever it is that you claim to have created in the first place. Um, so you know the little guy going out and getting a patent on something is fairly meaningless if they don't have millions of dollars to fight the fight against a, a bigger guy um, to actually enforce that that patent. So it's it's a problem. I think the whole system needs a serious overhaul. I honestly would love to just see it go away um, and to there not to to to, to 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 it not be even an option to patent an idea or to even something that's been executed. Um, I think that would create for an interesting space in terms of um, ideas. Uh, so that's my take on this ridiculous situation and the whole scene in general. Yeah, I think it's interesting too, because what makes this guy seem so trolly or maybe more trolly, I don't know if trolly is actually a word, trollish, Troll is, now. <laughs> um, is, is that he didn't actually develop anything. And, right. and you guys as podcasters and, and me to a much lesser a degree. It is a lot of hard work to put one of these together and to develop content and to push it out and and to do all these things. And and I can appreciate you know somebody who had a great idea and and then you know maybe uh, Apple comes along and rips them off and and they lose out on that. But on the other hand, had he produced something, it could have been just like any of these other things. You do a little startup and then. Apple likes it and snaps it up and then you make your money and you go on your way. So <laughs> I think it's just the way he's approached it makes it seem, you know, that much less, um, you know, that it's the little guy uh, against the big guy. Right. I think it's, I think it's the opposite way in this particular case. Well, it's, it's a little yeah. jerk against the world. I mean, it's somebody who is just, I mean, it's, he, he knows what he's doing and it's deliberate. Uh, you know, he did. Right. It's, it, that, and that's the worst part. I mean, it's one thing if you actually created something and then somebody took it from you. Um, that, that sucks. But, right. but in this case, I mean, he, he knows what he's doing, as all patent trolls do, and they're doing what they do. They, 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 in this case, I mean, I don't think he didn't go around and acquire patents. He claims to have actually come, come up with this on his own. And other patent trolls just sit there and wait for these things to uh, essentially expire, I believe. And then they buy them up. And so they, mm-hmm. and they just sit on all of these things. And then every chance they get, they, they put them into action and, see, and sue somebody for, for taking their quote-unquote idea, which wasn't even theirs to begin with. You know, They're just snapping up the patents that they can get their hands on. Um, right. 
so it's it's just ridiculous and it's 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 getting out of control um you know unfortunately i think some politicians have actually started talking about this kind of stuff so maybe in the coming years we'll see if you know some changes to it i think we're going to need to see some pretty big ticket um yeah you know cases where where you know in in this this might this you know cases like this are starting to get you know some 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 attention so who knows maybe maybe this will actually spur you know lawmakers into action and something will something will change cuz it's it's it sucks to see the little guys you know get hurt and the people who are putting blood sweat and tears into this stuff get the short end of the stick right yeah it's there's legislation that's already been written but there's not expectations going to get passed because news flash Congress is dysfunctional. So it's not going to happen <clears throat> this year anyway, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's an ongoing thing. It's been, it's been here for a while. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate. So there's an interesting art, uh, quote at the end where, you know, they ask Adam Carolla in this story that we can post on the podcast, you know, what are your plans if you, if you lose, I mean, what are you going to do? And he's like, we're not, we're not planning. He said, it says, quote, he doesn't expect that day to come. We're not going to start planning for a world where podcasts are suddenly gone. Right. Which is, which is exactly right. I mean, and it's just so weird. It's like pod, a podcast is simply a recording that you put online and somebody can take. What is the, what are you patenting there? I don't, I don't even understand it, but whatever. So hopefully that, you know, Nicole's, you know, burgeoning podcast won't get shut down by, right. <laughs> by Le Trolls or ours as well. That would be a sad day. There'd be no arrogant healthcare marketing bastards. We just sit in an office and do the same thing and nobody would hear us. That's right. That'd be sad. That's a sad picture. We have to distribute we'd have to distribute it on, on compact disc. <laughs> or cassette tape. You can't you can't do it oh, on no. cassette tape because he's oh. got a patent oh, for that. Oh, okay. Too. Well, <laughs> we'll put that. it on a thumb drive then and there you go. Subscribers will have to return that thumb drive every week to get their next episode <laughs> in a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> so I just have to tell you, I, while you're we talking, I Googled ridiculous patents and Bloomberg business week has a slideshow of a bunch of them. And so here's an example. This is an actual patent. It's called baby bottom art. It's where you take your baby, <laughs> make it baby dipper, butt in paint and swab it on paper. And that is patented. <laughs> I'm going to run out and do that right now. <laughs> I don't I'm going to violate that, that patent. <laughs> I don't understand how that's patented. What is this? You haven't invented anything. <laughs> well, it's got to be the sale, right? I'm not really in violation until I sell it on Etsy, right? Sell what? The, the art? The picture, the art, the yeah. Butt, the butt print? The butt print. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I... I that's the thing. I just, I, I, it just seems like there's so many things that you can get patented that shouldn't be patented. There shouldn't be patentable. That, that, that probably being a good example. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, if you, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like I said, I think it had its day and I think, I just don't think that that day is, is here anymore. That's, that's, it's like history. Well, it just needs to be overhauled. So we'll leave it at that. Something needs to change. All right, so we're going to skip the next one because it's too deep, and I don't want to go too deep now. I want to, I want to go to the <laughs> last one, which is awesome. Um, Nicole, this was a suggested topic, um, and it has to do with folded arms, which is a, a favorite. Uh, I guess I would call it a meme. It's our podcast meme because we talk about it all the time, kind of like with billboards and 
other silliness that happens in healthcare marketing. We've got, I don't know how many things on the weekly probe about folded arms. What the most last, or the most recent one was, um, the invention of a Photoshop filter that allowed you to automatically cross the arms in a group shot of a bunch of orthopedists, uh, because that's what you end up having to do anyway when you're in hospital marketing and they don't want to have their pictures taken together. So you take a group shot, put them all together, and then they automatically fold their arms. So, um, you unfortunately just had this experience. You don't have to go into too much detail, but you got some folded arms happening, huh? I did, and it's funny, too, because I'm in a big meeting, and I see it, and then I just laugh out loud, and people are like, what's wrong with you? And I just, oh. <laughs> you just don't get it. <laughs> so it did. It literally just happened to me last week in a meeting. Um, I was confronted with photos of physicians who were probably eye stock physicians, by the way, uh, with their arms folded. And so well, and- I... <laughs> I mean, we make fun of it because it's it's so cliche for hospitals. Um, it's just such a perfect poster child for the stupid, old-fashioned, overdone, no offense to your marketing team, overdone <laughs> stuff that we see everywhere, right? So it's not differentiating. It's cliche. It's all those things. But, Nicole, you kind of, you know, you, you came out from a different angle. It's like there's got to be some evidence, right, that, that that's not even a good pose, to portray physicians in or anybody in. Right. right? I wanted to know why we do that. So there must be some sort of evidence that backs up that folded arms portray physicians as more uh, professional, more genuine, more, I don't know what it is, authoritative. Right. Why, why are our arms folded and why does that make a difference? So I assumed that there was some uh, evidence to back that up. Oh, you're so naive. I love it. You're so <laughs> naive is not the right word. That came off really bad. You're optimistic, naively optimistic, as if there was a strategic reason, and not just because most doctors are like, because I want to look tough and I want to look authoritative, and I'm a I'm a badass. So that's why. <laughs> that's my assumption. Whereas you were you were like, maybe there's really a scientific reason. So, I, I, naive is the wrong word. Optimistic is a better word. Sorry. That's yes. all right. <laughs> but what did you find instead? Um, I actually didn't. I think uh, Jackie pulled this out. So oh, she okay. um, pulled this link to uh, uh, a post uh, that actually refers to a TED Talk uh, given by uh, Amy Cuddy, uh, which I had seen before. I hadn't uh, read the article. But it talks about that uh, folding your arms is the last thing you want to do if you want to appear uh, powerful and authoritative. So... Uh, yeah, I thought that was actually an excellent post and an excellent excellent point. So if you want to talk about that post, yeah, I find it. It's yeah, in uh, Buffer, which I've never heard of Buffer before. There's also a good, um, on the TED blog, um, which is blog.ted.com, from uh, January of 2013, there's a nice little article from her uh, referencing her um, TED Talk, and then she has a nice infographic on it, uh, and talks just a little bit about the the top the subject at hand, but the infographic is 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 nice. Well, we'll we'll post both of these. The article that Jackie found is called "The Secrets of Body Language: Why You Should Never Cross Your Arms Again." That's literally the title. Uh, <laughs> so it's it, it's kind of funny because it gives a lot of examples of um, poses that are when they show them they're obviously exaggerated because they're so bad. I mean, there's one where there's a guy who's literally it's called a high power pose and it's a, it's a man. He's like leaning back in his chair. He's got like one arm up over the chair next to him and his legs are spread. 
like <laughs> I get about maybe 30 degrees and, and you just look at it and you go, yeah, you can just tell that you're a complete jerk. Sure. Yes. <laughs> because it's not only high power, it's, I would say it's even like sexually suggestive the way you sit it. If you want to look at it that way. Well, there's probably it, a, yeah, I mean, there's probably a component of that when right. it comes to men asserting authority and, you but know. If you see this picture and you encounter this guy, I don't care if you're a man or a woman, your first thought is, dude, you know, what are you selling used cars? You know, pack it in. With, <laughs> I'm going to tell him to sit up straight. You know, sit up straight, you know, close, close down shop there. The other one is low power poses where it's kind of funny because they do have a guy with his arms crossed and he looks like we were talking before. He looks like he's. Oh, and like, you know, when you're sitting in the fetal position and you rock back and forth because like something traumatic just happened to you and I'm doing it now, which is why my voice is coming in and out. <laughs> That's what he looks like he's in the middle of. So, um, I don't think there's many doctor photos that look like that. I hope, but no, no. Yeah. Well, the so that's my question. Do we change our billboards to now have our physicians, you know, in the Superman pose, which is farther on down the blog yeah. post, these high power poses? So I think all of our docs, instead of having their arms folded, should now have their hands on their hips, right? right? <laughs> hands on hips, feet spread a little bit in the Superman pose, and that is going to instill confidence in our physicians. Yeah. Well, I, 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 mean, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely a difference between trying to appear confident and one where you're trying to appear authoritative. And I think there's just, there seems to be confusion around that because the arms cross just doesn't, I mean, to me, it doesn't come off as confident necessarily. It just really comes off as closed, as closed, trying to appear authoritative, trying to be, you know, I don't know, just above, above something else, you know, in in terms of that authority level. It's just, it's just wrong. I mean, it's certainly not how a a doctor, how at least not how an organization should strive to portray their, their physicians. Maybe that's how the physician wants. Some physicians want to be seen. And I know I've, we've met several of those. Um, But um, certainly not as how an organization should want to portray them. So it's kind of funny because first of all, I read you the title. He never, the poster, the blog poster never addresses why, crossing your arms is bad in the article. So the commenters are like, so why is it bad? You don't even say, and, and, you know, and all he says is, um, because Cuddy says it's bad. He doesn't say why it's bad. It's just because she says it's a low power pose, but then, the, you know, you know how comment sections go. It completely devolves. And, you know, one guy's like Superman crosses his arms all the time. <laughs> so That's true. He, he does. Follows. He does. Right. So it's like, well, wait a second. You know, so it's down to literally they're like they're looking at comic superheroes as ways to interpret it. So, well, um, and, you know, it's more I think it's more than just the closed, just the crossed arms, though. I mean, because there are plenty of pictures of people who have crossed their arms, but their facial, you know, their facial expression implies that, you know, the reason they're crossing their arms is for uh, you know, more of a, a lighthearted reason or it's not because they're trying to be assertive. It, it makes it kind of fun. Um, it's just, it's once it's the perf that perfect recipe of the serious look on the face with the crossed arms and the, you know, clinical setting in our, in our case and the white coat and the stethoscope hanging over the shoulder. And it, it, once you add all those things together, it's like, ah, now it's, <laughs> it takes it too far. Yeah. A little bit. Agreed. All right. Well, that's probably a good place to, to end our, podcast don't you think yeah we're good 40 plus minutes in probably perfect people hopefully people are still listening they're all sitting there with their arms crossed yeah. <laughs> <That's> right <laughs> when is this going to end <laughs> these bastards literally <laughs> all right well nicole it was great having you join us 
Yes. Yes. Thank you. It was my pleasure to be here. Thanks so much. And please keep us uh, updated on your podcast yeah. uh, progression. I will. I'll be sure to uh, let you know when we're we're in iTunes and everything. So yeah, absolutely. You, can download. you could be you could be my two listeners. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we will. We will do that. We will commit to that. Okay. For excellent. sure. So and we'll I will run into each other again down the road somewhere at in at a conference or maybe we'll have it back in the podcast somehow. So this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. Fantastic. Yeah, San Diego sounds good, so I'll, uh, I'll look you up. All right, perfect. So for the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Ambassadors, this is Chris Bevelo, Adam Meyer, and Nicole Borchard. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.